0: You're listening to Live Wild Radio, the part-time adventure podcast.
1: Join us as we explore how outdoor adventures build mind, body, and spirit.
0: So this episode's brought to you by our friends at Great Lakes Gearia. Um, you've heard us talk about them before. They're our favorite fitness companies. They ship to Canada, they ship to the US. If you happen to live like us um, in the Waterloo region in just outside of Toronto, you can go pick it up and not pay any shipping. But um, these guys have kettlebells, barbells, squat racks, pull-up bars, gymnastics rings, maces. Bumper plates, dumbbells, all of the stuff you need to get in fabulous shape uh, with your killer home gym. Because, yes, gyms might be open again. But as you've heard us talk over and over again about different workouts, um, being able to work out on your time, uh, get in a 15-minute workout without having to leave the house, that can be life-changing. So even if you just pick yourself up a couple of kettlebells so you can do some swings and snatches and presses, some goblet squats and Turkish get-ups, all of our favorite exercises, uh, if you go to GreatLakesGearia.com or us.GreatLakesGearia.com if you're our American friends, um, and at checkout, you use promo code LIVEWILD, you'll save 5%. And it helps because they give us a little a little bit. You don't pay any more. In fact, you save, and it helps. So uh, head over to GreatLakesGearia.com and pick up any fitness equipment you need. Welcome back to Live Wild Radio. This is Winston. Normally, we just cut right into our episodes, sort of uh, uh, get to hear them all, or, you know, right from the beginning. But sometimes... Uh, technology gets in the way. So I'm recording an intro for this one. So in this episode, we speak to Brendan Bears, who is a boulderer and a route developer from Michigan. But what's cool is, uh, because they don't have a lot of rock climbing in Michigan, he uh, drove up to northern Canada, or northern Ontario, up around Elliott Lake, uh, and discovered... Uh, an area that uh, he dubbed the gold mine. Um, you know, beautiful granite rock, um, lots of, and lots of boulders. Um, so this episode is a discussion with him on uh, how to find and develop and what goes into um, developing a new rock climbing area. Uh, you know, anybody who climbs and you go to, to cliffs and crags and boulders, that have trails and the rocks clean, um, it doesn't happen that way on its own, um, so you'll find out how that happens, uh, and as a kind of cool side note, um, if you are getting this episode sort of the first week it came out, um, Catherine and I will be down in the fine state of Kentucky, leaving our country for the first time in two years, um, to do some climbing in the red river gorge um and gonna be uh doing some mountain biking when we're down there too uh gonna be visiting miguel's pizza because you can't go to the red without visiting miguel's probably gonna camp there um and uh if all goes according to plan um we'll get to have a podcast with some climbers um from that area so uh enjoy this episode um with brendan and uh
1: Which is pretty cool that you found Northern Ontario even before most people have, really.
2: Uh, Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's just a giant untapped rock everywhere. Yeah. Uh, It's it's pretty crazy. It's, It's everywhere, I mean, around Sudbury. I mean, the Sudbury people, they have their own community of climbers and that's pretty much it up there. But, and they know about the surrounding area around Sudbury, but I mean, going outside in our, outside of Sudbury and and there's just, I mean, there's bluffs, cliffs, boulders everywhere.
1: So what inspired you to like look in this area? Like you trekked over the border to check us out.
2: Yeah, well, correct. So first you have to understand that Michigan, um, it doesn't have any rocks in it, at least the lower peninsula. Um, So the closest climbing destinations to us are minimum six hours away, at least like decent climbing. So it's like the same distance to Niagara as it is to the nooks. Oh, okay.
1: And the nooks of what you you founded and developed, yes. like this has got gold mine, and it's got, you know, as the pun or the label says, a gold mine of more
2: rocks. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So I mean, Michigan, as I said, just has no rocks, and we have to travel everywhere to climb. And we had heard that there was some. Uh, easy sport and easy trad uh north of the sioux and um, two of my buddies actually went up and checked it out so one of them showed me a video of uh gus Alexandropoulos uh and his video of the eyeball and the development they've been doing over there and i I, meet, I watched that video and i was like holy cow where is that like i want to go there and so i messaged him And he immediately got back to me and he said, hey, I'll be up there next week. You should come up. And I said, whoa, that's really random. I have a day off of work or two days off of work next week. Uh, I'll meet you up there. And I went and saw it and it was amazing.
0: Yeah. The the thing that sucks with that one is the fact that it's so inaccessible. Yes. Right. Because... And the the part that really does suck is the fact that you can see it from a road.
2: Mm -hmm. But
0: there just happens to be a big ass river in the way. If they could get, like, the local tourist board or somebody to, like, put a car park, you know, give basically, like, just a dirt parking lot or a gravel parking lot and, like, a pedestrian bridge. Yeah. All right. All of a sudden, you'd probably have, like, you know, an ass load of traffic going up there.
2: Oh, it's true. I've been down that dirt road and it's 10 mile of just horrible dirt road to a a terrible, super steep slope, uh, logging road to the base. And that's why I went there and I hated it. Like, well, I mean, I loved the cliff and the climbing and there was so many boulders at the bottom, but I just hated the, the fact that you can't get through the gate, um, with the, uh, The farmer that owns the gate there, Uh, he's a Seventh-day Adventist, and he closes it Friday night, and he doesn't open it till Sunday morning. That's an issue for anybody that's trying to be a weekend warrior there, and so with all those things, I just, I came home, and I started to just search uh, just constantly on satellites, anything I could find.
0: I think that's the big thing you'll run into, like compared to something like Niagara Glen, it it's got some great climbing but if you want to be like finding stuff it's not like you're occasionally like you know ethan put up a new route alex magos when he was in a couple of years ago put up a couple of new routes you know boulder problems but there ain't a whole lot of stuff left to do <laughs> you know right it's, it's pretty uh, it's
2: pretty tapped out there
0: you know um whereas obviously if you find a new area that nobody's been then it's like basically having like this broad canvas that you can uh, create, kind of thing.
1: Yeah. So, Brendan, describe the area.
2: It sits in the same alley as Eyeball, and it sits uh, next to the Little White River, uh, north of Elliott Lake. Um, and it is just it's just beautiful. Uh, the trees and the river that runs through it, with the road that runs right next to it. And the, I mean, there's, there's cliffs everywhere. Not that you're going to always see them because there's trees in the way and stuff, but you hike through the woods and you're going to run into a cliff. It's obvious you got, you got walls of canyons on both sides, kind of.
1: Um, so it has easier accessibility That's what I'm hearing with the road right there. And so to the bouldering routes, how long of an approach?
2: oh sure sure for sure uh so for gold mine which is the main area that we're developing um it's a two minute approach to the first set of boulders and so you you park right there on the road it happens actually there was a pull-off where the trail starts already Um, we we made the trail and stuff but it happens that where the trail needed to be there was a pull-off and from the pull-off it's two-minute walk to the first set of boulders and then the next set of boulders, which is the main area, is another two minutes. So within five minutes you are surrounded by, you know, house-sized boulders.
1: And how many routes is it um, in that area now?
2: Uh, currently there's 150, I think, at Goldmine put up um, in the last three years by a bunch of people and okay. uh, it's got potential for at least 400 just at that zone alone, not even like wow. thinking about the zone that's five minutes down the road, so.
1: That's so cool, so it's accessible. There's abundant rock there. Yeah, it's beautiful. And I heard this is Crown Land, so you can camp.
2: Yes, it's Crown Land, and so everything should be good from camping to, I think, from what I understand about Crown Land, is you can kind of do whatever you want on it, I mean, you can't do whatever you want, but within wow. reason, as long as you're respecting the land and such, you know, it, it, we, it shouldn't ever have an access issue.
1: Mm-hmm. Nice. And it's close to eyeball by how how far did you say it was?
2: It's about, well, if you wanna go from the point where you can see eyeball from the road, it's about 20, 30 minutes down the road.
1: Okay. But if somebody was gonna go up there for a week or so, you could have loads of fun if you're a boulder, or plus you like to climb as well. And you mentioned, There's the cliff. So there's an opportunity for are there folks developing the cliff already where you're at at the nooks?
2: No, so at the nooks, um, the reason I kind of called it the nooks instead of just gold mine was because eventually I see that in five to ten years down the road it's gonna be more than just a bouldering area. Uh like you got some a sport cliff over there, probably some trad as well, and then uh, on that same kind of cliff line that the gold mine is on uh there's a 200 300 foot cliff as well right there so multi-pitch uh uh there's been some guys that developed some ice climbs on it already so it's i see eventually that it's going to just blow up into uh everything
0: so yeah i guess obviously uh, this area is kind of Probably more conductive or conducive to what Gus wanted for the eyeball, because yeah, they got, the eyeball is amazing, but the problem is, is just the like literally getting to it. Um, so having you know bouldering, sport climbing, you know enough stuff for some multi pitch, all kind of in that same area. Yeah.
1: Uh, well, if you have a reason for people to dirt bag it out there for more than a few days or a weekend, yeah. <laughs> Then when the bridge is you know the 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 farmer's field or the entrance is open you can go right you can have some variety but um i'm curious um the community like what's the population here and do you think there's an opportunity to connect with the the township to support something further here
2: yeah sure like in elliot LA lake you mean yeah. yeah uh yeah so it's a pretty decent sized town it's got a hospital which is really nice because yeah. Yeah. you are kind of you are kind of out in the middle of nowhere or at least you feel like it there's yeah. actually no light pollution and no noise pollution you might see two cars a day actually out there yeah. and you don't have cell phone service but cell phone service is actually only 15 minutes down the road um, and then the town 30 minutes away and which has a hospital now saying all of that I am putting together a guidebook which obviously we're going to talk about. But doing so, I've been in contact with some of the stores there. Um, uh, You know, kind of like in guidebooks, you might see like what restaurants are good to eat at and such like that. Um, But with that, I've been in touch with, there's no climbing store or no outdoor store really. And so I found the closest one and I kind of called them up and I was like, hey, would you guys consider like maybe carrying chalk uh, and tape for climbers if if this, blows up you know they can stop in your store I'll put it in my guidebook you know I guess you can just sell this stuff and uh, they were very open to it and they thought it was really cool and actually had heard a rumor that somebody was developing climbing uh, north of Elliott Lake and um, they were interested enough to say that they have this hiking club um, mostly teens to 20s and that they would be very interested in me coming up to give like a a speech on a stage to them uh, about the area, about climbing in general and try to restart that in Elliott Lake because they actually used to have a climbing community from what I've heard and it just like went away as the owner got older, I think,
0: so.
1: Oh, that's interesting.
0: Yeah, because I think that's sort of always the trick with like small towns. is the momentum a lot of times is only like one person. So if they stop doing it, it's like, poof, gone, whether it's a cycling club, somebody developing mountain bike trails, climbing areas, uh, you know, it's almost like you have to reach this critical mass of enough out of towners coming in that then it sort of becomes self-sustaining. because, you know, you look like an area, obviously it's much bigger, but like an area like the Adirondacks, um, you know, it was one of those things where as the climbing, like the development of climbing grew, then you were getting more stores opening up, you know, because, or selling the gear, you know, it wasn't just tents and, you know, sleeping bags. Then all of a sudden it's like, Downtown in Lake Placid, there were like five stores selling climbing gear. Then down in Keene Valley, you had the Mountaineer. Oh my
1: God, that's like the best climbing outdoor store I've ever seen.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, seriously. And we, we and small. yeah. It's funny because it's like, it literally is in like this bumfuck town. It's mm-hmm. got like a restaurant, a, a diner, a coffee shop, uh, a hiker hostel because literally you can hike right from town right up into the mountains um but they've got like one of the best outdoor stores yeah um it has the biggest selection of like climbing gear whether it's for ice alpine rock uh, and you know
1: and then they have maps and books about anywhere else in the world you want to climb yeah. that you can't find anywhere.
0: <laughs> yeah, you know, but but it's yeah, funny, it is. but it's it,
1: worth the, it's worth a you know the stop.
0: You know, but it's one of those things. It all is because enough people from out of town yeah. come in, right? Like the the population between you know whether it's Lake Placid or Keene Valley, Elizabeth Town, which is you know just over the hill, none of those would support it. You know, but it's all of us tourists (laughs) going you know and obviously they're a little more accessible because you know it's like five hours from New York City uh you know or something like that and that's
1: not what even the Adirondacks is known for they're known for hiking and backpacking.
0: right yeah 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 exactly
2: it's not
1: like climbing it's you know so it's not even the primary industry I would say
0: no not because more people hike than climb yeah right like Hiking is just walking on dirt, so everybody does. Right. You know, you look on people's Tinder profile, everybody hikes. <laughs> um, whereas, you know, climbing, you actually got to do some shit. <laughs> um, yeah, for sure. You know, so it it, it is. It's kind of cool because if you can develop an area that has enough that it's worthwhile for people to go to, then it sort of becomes a thing where like almost the local tourism board would want to get involved Mm -hmm. because that's the kind of thing that brings people over and over and over, uh, you know, not just somebody, Oh, I've seen it. So I'm not going back, you know, it, and that, that's sort of the thing I found with climbing. It's like, I've been to red rocks a lot of times. It's never going to run out of (laughs) climb, you know, down to, you know, whether it's like down in, uh, Slade, Kentucky, the red is never going to, like, I'm never going to climb them all. <laughs> no. You know, and so when you, when you get those kinds of areas that have a lot of potential, it can be the kind of thing that then, because climbers will travel. Oh, yeah. You know, but it's like, we're going to make the trouble outdoors. I want like big, I like big, you know, feels like an adventure. Um, <laughs> uh,
1: so how did you get into bouldering? Was that your first introduction into climbing or were you like mm. tell, tell
2: us about that oh yeah okay so i was uh, in college and i um i went to a small college uh and i got a i think half my scholarship paid uh, i was a long distance runner runner actually and uh, so i ran cross country and track and my buddy after my freshman season which was terrible i was getting burnt out i kind of started to hate running and uh He took me to the climbing gym and that was, I mean, that was it. I mean, when you know, you know. Yeah. And so the first time I went into that gym, I climbed until, I think I had flappers on every single (laughs) uh, blisters for people that don't know, um, on every single one of my fingers, uh, all, all 10 and I super terrible hands back then, apparently. And I was, I loved it so much. I went back the next day and I had to tape up every single thing but I went back the next day so and so I quit I quit running to climb
1: (laughs) have you always been athletic have you always been like when you get into something you get into it super like dialed in and focused
2: oh yeah yeah very obsessive with things uh I was just thinking about that the other day um I think my wife she rolls her eyes at me a lot whenever I try to get into something new because I want to, if I'm going to do something new, I'm going to do it fully, like even making a guidebook.
1: Well, like, I was thinking about that, right? You. I have you know, no
2: idea what I'm doing, <laughs> but I'm doing it. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah, which is awesome. Like, I love yeah. it, right? Because um, you, you're not just doing, and you, you don't have the experience, but you're like, screw it, I'll do it. I'll talk to Gus. He's <laughs> <laughs> <Right. laughs> a great person to talk to and uh and then you've gotten other people excited about it too
2: yeah for sure well if you're talking yeah if you're talking to nooks um i've kind of led all of my friends there drug them at points like you have to come up please come up you have to see this area i promise it's worth it and they do they come up they love it as much i see them fall in love with it which is really cool uh like you know you're skeptical like even the people on the internet Mm, Facebook groups, Ontario climbing groups. Like I've, I've posted pictures. I've just like called people up, like please come up. Like I know it's six hours away. I know you can go somewhere else that's six hours away, but I'm telling you, it's worth it. But who 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 trusts somebody on the internet? You know, like just just words, mm. um, from some random person. I get it, um, but that's kind of what my friends and people in town were like until I forced them up there and then you can just see it they just fall in love with the area as they are there and they will continue to go back year after year
0: yeah because I think one of the things that that is kind of cool is the idea of like basically this thing that didn't exist like the rocks were there right um but uh and and for for people that don't know um the rock like people who've rock climbed you know at established areas they didn't start like that <laughs> <No>. <laughs> you know um yeah. like the trails just weren't there right like it, mm-hmm. like let's talk a little bit about like what has to go into developing an area because you know yeah. obviously at some point you bushwhack through the bush and went oh there's a bunch of rocks here
2: mm-hmm.
0: um but then there's that process, like obviously you talked about putting in a trail, uh, then most rocks when it comes to, you know, climbing are not nice and clean. Um, there might be a bunch of loose choss all over it that has to get trundled off, you know. So let's talk a little bit like what, aside from, you know, just finding a bunch of boulders in the woods... What went into developing the area?
1: Wait, wait, wait. I do have a question about finding the boulders. Was it important for you that it was very close to the parking, the road?
2: Yeah, for sure. I mean, ideally. Boulders
0: are lazy. They have no cardio.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, personally, I would walk an hour. Yeah. And you know, uh, now others wouldn't. And it didn't ever, just to your point, like it didn't. it didn't start off like we have to find An area so others could come. We went up there just to like, hey, let's go find some boulders. Let's go climb, like on, let's go clean boulders. It might not be a huge area, but I'm sure the end goal was to find, you know, the Mecca of bouldering, you know, a huge area, but that didn't, it wasn't the main focus at first for sure.
0: Let's take it through, you know, so you, you found some boulders in the woods, right? so from that point on like what goes into developing an area? Yeah
2: so besides the obvious of the trail because getting crash pads through the bush in Canada is like extremely difficult um so besides the the obvious trails and and cutting down small trees and brush and branches to to get through and make the trail um the the hardest part of develop the longest part I think is Uh, cleaning the boulders themselves, and I don't think people think about this, is that there's lichen, there's moss, there's loose rock, and even at the base for uh, bouldering at least, you have to sometimes build up the landings so they're flat and safe, especially for other people. We might have enough pads to, to build up the landing so it's nice and level, but Other people might not. And so you kind of have to be conscious of that. Like, especially if you're coming out with a guidebook well, you want the landings to be good for other people. And so the landings take a long time to build up with stone nice and smooth or dig out places. Or especially even like when you cut down small trees, you got to make sure that you cut them all the way at the ground. So they're not poking out. Cause if you have a branch, you know, you got a small tree that's sticking out this far and you land on that, that's going to hurt a lot so it's just all the small things which I learned a lot of it from Gus you know watching Gus in those two days at the eyeball it was like wow this guy really cares every time he walks down the trail he's snipping branches off with his fingers just you know around head height to make sure nobody pokes their eyes out Mm -hmm. it's just small stuff like that that's very conscious but the biggest thing is cleaning the boulders which really sucks and so I've never developed any sport or trad or multi-pitch. And so I just have experience with the boulders, but the boulders um, to clean them, like you can reach head height and above a little bit, but a lot of times these boulders are 20, 25 feet. You know, I mean, if some of the bigger, bigger ones, sorry, they can be a lot smaller than that as well. But the taller ones where you can't reach, um, you either need a rope or a ladder. And so you need those tools to bring along with you. So you're bringing a ton of stuff with you just to clean a boulder, not even climb it. Mm-hmm.
1: So how long does it take to clean a boulder? You said it's a long time, but how long?
2: If it's a, there's, there is differences actually um, to get into the nitty gritty of it. Yeah. Uh, if it's a vertical face or a slab face of, and for anybody that doesn't know, I know you guys know, but I don't know what your um, yeah. audience is, but a slab face is anything that's less than vertical. So anything like your staircase, going up your staircase would be kind of a slab, but not, not that slabby. And then, so vertical to slab is really hard to clean. There, I mean, the whole thing, you can't even, most of the time up there, you can't even see the holds. Um, it's just covered in lichen. Um, and that stuff is hard to get off the rock. It's, it takes a wire brush and usually a scraper as well. Um, and then for overhanging stuff, the more overhanging it gets, the less stuff you have to clean off. There's not moss, there's usually not dirt. Usually it just takes a quick scrub and then you're good to go, which is great. Um, but then every single boulder that you cl- or clean the top of it is just covered in moss usually, hanging down off the edges. And up there at least, it's really fun. I feel a little bad sometimes, but there's plenty of boulders in the woods that we'll never get to. So the climbing area, it's okay. But what you can do is grab the edge of one and you roll it up like a carpet. And it literally rolls up like a carpet, like so big that I can't even put my arms around it. And then it just rolls off the other side of the
0: boulder. Leaving it perfectly clean, nice. <laughs> yeah, like obviously the top, anything that's less than vertical or any ledges, the top of a boulder, you know, you get leaf uh, detritus fall on it for years and years. It turns into dirt, <laughs> right? And, you know, and so this is the thing that a lot of people don't realize. When we go climbing, and you're on this like nice clean rock literally somebody cleaned it uh it doesn't exist like that naturally Mm-mm. you know um and you know it, it, it's a thing that a lot of people uh, don't realize how much work goes into making rock climbable
1: see i, I think you could apply become a canadian <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, can, I can. Yeah, I think you should an, honor, an honorary Canadian for all the work. Because I'm just thinking about how much time it takes, and you developed in the Nooks. Was it 50 in a season?
2: Yeah, I, I think the first season we were up there. I mean, we were just going crazy. Yeah. Uh, I think that's what I told you, and I was gonna yep. double check that, and I didn't. Uh, but or it was it something was like awesome.
1: that. I read that somewhere.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> that's a lot of commitment.
2: Yeah, you know? I'm just saying. <laughs> no, we, I don't know. We were just having a lot of fun that first year. And, awesome. it, and when was that? That was in 20, No, 2019. 20, yeah, 2019. Yeah.
1: Okay. And of course, this is before COVID.
0: Before COVID.
1: And was it that same? So that was the end of 2019. We go into 2020.
2: COVID hits. That's yeah.
1: so a full year later, right? Because when you went there, it was in the winter. Like you went and checked out Gus's eyeball. Immediately you went back, started researching on Google. You went just, back yeah. there. And what made you pick that area? Was it because you were close to Gus? You thought, let's check out this area. I really like yeah. it. I just don't like the accessibility. Okay.
2: Yeah, I knew the eyeball was about six hours away. And so I wanted to, to search around the eyeball. Actually, I, I mean, I have, if you look at my Google Earth account, it's got like 300 different pins on it of different areas I've mapped out from different satellites that I've found or topographical maps, whatever, all over Northern Ontario, from the Sault Ste. Marie, Batchewana Bay, all the way over to the nooks, so. Well,
0: yeah, it's, it's a, a wise thing You know from the standpoint if somebody's already found a 450 foot high cliff (laughs) the odds of there being some other rock around there yes you know especially Uh, (laughs) i'm
1: just saying (laughs) it's here
0: you know the odds of there being something else in the area is pretty high yes it's just finding it you know yeah and that that's sort of one of those things you'll run into because it's canadian shield we know everything. Every hill is, uh, you know, not that far under the dirt is a bunch of granite. <laughs> right. So then the trick is just finding stuff that's steep enough that isn't covered in like three feet of dirt, you know, topsoil. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. You know, and uh, but I, and I think it's one of these things that's kind of cool, like the almost not specifically from a money-making standpoint, but it's almost entrepreneurial in the idea of, well, I don't have it here. So I'm just going to like cross the border and find it somewhere else, Uh, Yeah, you know, uh, because was there like an attraction, you know, of, uh, as opposed to going places that, you know, obviously are developed already. Um, was there an attraction to, um, you know, discovering and creating yourself?
2: I, yes, but not, not something I really, um, realized, um, for a while. Mm -hmm. So for a long time, I was probably like most climbers still am, I guess, to, to a point where, you know, you want to one, have fun, obviously go to these amazing developed places. And I was definitely, uh, chasing grades, um, uh, living from Michigan or living in Michigan, it's it's hard to chase grades. It's not something we can do like go work on our weekend project. You know, an hour away from our house, we don't have that option. So, you know, we got to take these long weekend trips down south and uh, such. Um, and so that's how. So that's um, definitely like what I focused on for a long time until this kind of happened. And you know, it was quite obvious that I fell in love with the Canadian forest and the, the rock up there. And honestly, the type two work that it took to clean and climb the boulders. Um, but the, the, the feeling of getting a first descent of something that no one has ever touched was just so cool. And I wanted to keep pursuing that over and over and over again above anything else above any trip to Red Rocks or Bishop or Chattanooga anywhere I could go I could go to those places I could definitely do that instead of going to the Canadian forest (laughs) the middle of nowhere and and freezing my butt off at least late fall Um, but I don't know I love it so much
1: so you must have always been an outdoors person then. Like obviously, you know, some climbers are not, right? Like they come in with their, you know, and, and Adirondacks, we'll see them, right? And we'll kind of, they're like, you know they got really nice vans or cars, whatever.
0: Yeah, they're only, they're, they only camp just because there's nothing else on them.
1: <laughs> <laughs> or yeah, they don't have the money, right? But obviously for you to go into the Canadian wilderness and be there that much as, as you have been, I'm going to guess you have some outdoors experience.
2: Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. My, my parents were always uh, taking us into the woods. My dad uh, is a huge hunter and fisher, so I grew up hunting and fishing. And um, honestly, like climbing definitely took over from those things more than probably most of my family would like. But I, I still enjoy doing those activities as well, and I wouldn't change my childhood for anything um, growing up, walking through the woods, hunting with my dad. Uh, fishing, camping, going on hikes, like we we did a lot of it, even though, you know, we are city folks, so it wasn't something we did like all of the time, but we definitely like hunting season came around. We were up at our cabin every weekend. Hello. Hi,
1: Hi. we hear you.
2: We don't see. We're back. Oh,
1: there we go. There we go. Not sure what happened, but it's all good. (laughs)
0: That was weird. Yeah, Uh, that was weird. i blame bill gates and the microchips
1: yes we couldn't hear you anymore
0: yeah that's weird and we're like can you hear us
1: sometimes i wish i could do that with winston where i just can't hear him
0: anymore (laughs) (laughs) mute (laughs) well you you do that anyway you don't listen (laughs) so it's the same as not hearing (laughs) you know (laughs) but for for uh
1: so how's your relationship you said that
0: Yeah, this is the You better have a good relationship if you're gonna do a podcast with your girlfriend. Uh, I
1: did question, like I was that a really good
0: idea. At- <laughs> right.
2: You know how long have you guys been doing this? Three years. Yeah. <laughs> Three
0: years?
1: No, it's been great.
0: Um
1: So what's your range of climbing? Because I, I gather uh, you're quite an accomplished climber. Like you've been can- mm.
2: um <laughs> I'm 12. Just about, I just uh did a survey on my Instagram about this, but uh, I am I've climbed V13, um, but that goes without saying that I am not a very good slab climber, I'm probably only a V6, maybe I could project a V7 8 on slab and then on something overhanging, very powerful, very muscly, um. so I'm, I've climbed V13, whatever that means. I don't live by rocks, so I don't get right. to project something for a full season, like people in Chattanooga or whatever. I have to do my climbs within a day or within two days of effort, usually within an hour or three. So, okay.
1: And so the climbs here at this, at the Nooks, it ranges from what to what?
2: Uh, we got everything from V0, so very easy, um, to, uh, V13, which uh, I did on the last day, the last hour before leaving, before basically the snow fell like a month ago, a month and a half ago.
1: Nice.
2: So yeah, it was quite surreal.
1: And how long did it take you to project that? Or,
2: Yeah, so the stand start goes at um, V11, and uh, that took me two... And a half trips to do. I think the V11. Um, it's it's different with uh with putting up a first ascent, especially a hard first ascent. It's uh it's different than going to climb a V11 or anything down south or any any established climbing area uh, because you don't know the beta. Usually you can look up the beta mm-hmm. on your phone yeah. and see the easiest way to do a climb when you're doing a first ascent, you have no idea what the best way is. And so you got to figure it out. So that adds a ton of time into it. Um, So that V11 took me two, two and a half days. And then um, we came back for our long trip, which that's when we shot video, which I'm sure we'll talk about later. Um, But the uh, uh, V13 sit start to it, which added about a, a, V10, V11 into the stand. Um, That took me two more days of effort. I didn't think it was gonna go um, for me this season, actually. I kind of put it off. uh, So I projected it from the low, sorry if this is too
0: long. Let no, you
2: know. but, no. So no we, we, we've the,
0: got like climbing nerds who listen. <laughs> okay. So I projected the low, the low start for, for,
2: um, a few hours on the second or third day that we were there. And I wasn't really close to doing the moves, um, any of the three hard moves. And, uh, I, you know, I kind of like, I kind of came close to hitting the holds and was like, wow, that's, that's really hard, but I don't I don't think so, like we should go film like other things probably until uh, Dylan Elliott from Toronto came up to join us to, he's the only one, I, I reached out to so many people to come up, like we're shooting a film, like please come up. And he was the only one that came up and uh, he came up and he, he's a very strong climber and a trainer in Toronto. And he, uh, he got me really motivated. I was watching how hard he was trying and like, was like, wow. I should, you know what, I'm going to concentrate on my project like he's he motivated me a lot. So I kind of buckled down. I took a full rest day um, and came back and sent it first go uh, on our last day. So it was pretty special.
1: So when you come over to uh, the NUX, how long are you staying at a time on average? Like five days, three days, a weekend?
2: Uh, usually a long weekend is the typical trip. The six-day trip that was that was way longer than normal, and that was six days of climbing, six nights, and that was pretty miserable. It got down to well, I'm not. You guys use Celsius, but it, we we it we was, understand fair enough. Understand. It was down in the low twenties at night. So. Okay, so that's like just above freezing. No, it's below freezing. No, way below. It's it was below freezing. Thirty-two by, is freezing. So what do you do? Yeah, you 32. Tend, 32. Yeah. Do you, tend so 30 or do
1: you hammock? Yeah. Sorry. You, you tend. 10. You tend. Okay. Yeah. We're hammock campers. So, yeah. Um, I was going to ask you. Uh, so the video came out. It's really cool. And wow, no. the, well, the, was...
2: the video didn't come out.
1: No, I'm just saying that
0: though. <laughs> <laughs>
1: saying, oh, no. <laughs>
2: you so get
0: slick
1: like no, but I saw a draft and I thought it was pretty cool and I saw your first intro video. So I'm just saying it's fucking cool. So anyway.
2: Okay. Cut start over.
1: No, I'm keeping this. So I'm gonna say it's cool. Um and I think it's getting a lot of people stoked. Um and so now we've got this 15 minute video that just came out as well. Um, so what's the call to action here? What would you like people to do?
2: Well, I really like everybody to watch it. Um, We put a lot of time and effort into it. It's It's like a total personal project. So I got these two buddies that came, you know, I kind of got them to come up to the Nooks once on a different trip. And they fell in love with the area. And on our way back from that trip, I was, we were all talking in the car. And one happens to be a professional videographer who literally does that for a living. Uh, That is all he does. And he doesn't shoot climbing films, but he's been a lifelong climber of 20 years. And he has always wanted to shoot a climbing film. And I don't know, I don't remember who suggested the initial idea, but the idea was put out, like we should do a climbing film, like an actual legit one, no sponsors. Um, We'll shoot it. We'll get people to be in the video up at the nooks it'll be a good way to get the information out there people psyched and so that was that for about five minutes and then we kept thinking probably all in our brains and again I think it was DJ the videographer who kind of like looked in the back seat and was like wait stylus. um that's the guy in the back seat uh aren't you uh don't you love music and like more than you love climbing. And Silas was like, yeah, like I play like 12 instruments. And uh, DJ was like, well, why don't you just do the music for it? And so that's kind of how it happened. Like Silas was doing the music, DJ uh, filmed it all and edited oh, wow. it and put it together. And I was kind of nothing besides the climber. <laughs> Wow. No, I, I was the guy that found the area and did the development so
1: that's beautiful so he actually did the music himself
2: mm-hmm. yep wow. everything's original it's original music score I guess is what it's called um
1: nice it's, beautiful.
0: yeah because yeah, I think that's one of the things like any of us that have been climbing for a while like uh it's the real rocks right like right nothing gets you stoked more um, than good climbing videos right like you, obviously we've been kind of spoiled over the last little while because you got the free solos mm. and the dawn walls mm-hmm. like all of a sudden people are gone yeah there's money in this climbing thing so we'll fund like feature films yeah but it's oh you know before that it was always those you know kind of gritty skateboard um, punk type yeah. climbing films Yeah. you know and you just like it just makes you want to climb You know, makes you like, uh, sometimes it's falling in love with an area. Sometimes it's falling in love with like the training side of it of like, man, I got to get stronger, (laughs) you Mm -hmm. know, or just, just the, the activity itself. Um, And, you know, so it's kind of cool to have uh, a new area developing in concert with kind of, you know, that uh, you know I, I don't want to call it history but you know obviously creating kind of something that gets people stoked right? yeah because um, that's really because if you think about it, like and, I, and I've talked about this before like when it comes to climbing mm-hmm. it's like we're doing a thing that doesn't matter <laughs> you know what I right. mean right that's like when you're doing it it's the most important thing in the world to you
1: You're conquering
2: yourself. Yeah,
0: (laughs) but that's really what it is. Like, it is, it is like this total internal journey. Yeah. Right. Um, So the idea of then being able to, you know, um, somehow capture it that makes it something that other people get excited about um, is really, I think, kind of cool because uh, we run into first obviously modern life right now you know especially with the pandemic um you know for a lot of people it's just a bummer you know so so something kind of cool that gets people stoked um, well and to
1: discover more of yeah i think that's what your right. place offers
0: so so your guidebook when wait,
1: wait wait before you get there no what do you, you want people to be stoked about the area my question is, I'm like ready to pack up my kids and say that we're going up to the Nooks and we're going to help out. And it's going to make be cold
0: bugs. as shit. With the oh yeah, I have two questions.
1: My, okay, my first question is, when is the best time to go? Because I'm not a bug person, though, I'll be honest with you. I mean, black flies, or, or sorry, horse flies and deer flies.
2: Yeah, for sure. Uh, uh, June and July are not the times to go. And I think uh, a little bit before that as well. Um, but I have personally had really good luck in the spring up until June. Okay. And then skipping July and then skipping probably part of August, but then the rest fall is, fall is amazing up there.
1: Especially because it gets it gets cooler. So it's like Rocktober is now in end of August. Mm-hmm. Something like that. Theoretically. Theoretically. I'm just saying, you yeah. know, it extends yeah. the climbing season. You
0: mean September.
1: September. Yeah. Well,
0: September. It's an it's yes,
1: September I know, I know. then October. <laughs> I know that, but it's the idea that it's better climbing. Okay, so that's the time of the year. And then my other question is, what do you want people to do for you aside again? Do you want to just climb? Are you looking for volunteers to help out with stuff?
2: Oh, uh, ooh, wow! No, no, I don't think so. I think uh, I think we're getting a thunderbox from somebody else for the area. Um, man i mean the most people could do is talk just talk about it honestly maybe buy the guidebook and go up there if you if you want an adventure if you want to get out and get away from you know society and your phone for a weekend just go up there maybe you're not even a climber you know it's beautiful there's there's hiking up there there's just so much to do or so much to see at least especially during fall time oh my gosh nice. it's so beautiful
0: and uh obviously it's on mountain project so we'll put a link in mm. the show notes um so people can check it out and find their way uh because it's now, i i assume on mountain project you've got because i'd assume you're the one that created the mountain project listing uh, yeah uh half decent directions to get there because i i looked at it but i didn't yeah yeah
2: so from from what i can tell the people that have used the directions on either mountain project or i or climb sudbury has also directions on it um okay climb um they've had no issues finding the boulders uh finding the area whatsoever the directions are as clear as i could make them because i know there's no self-coverage up there so yeah.
0: perfect yeah. you know and it, it's one of the things, and I don't know if you've heard this before, and uh, but uh, what you, like, or who you remind me of, just sort of in the way both you look a little bit and the way you talk, <laughs> is Tommy Caldwell. I was going to
1: say that.
0: Oh, what? <laughs> That's a compliment. I'll take it. Yeah, like, let, let's <laughs> see your hands. <laughs> okay it's obviously not I, Tommy because yeah but but it, you know you got you got both index fingers so dude i, I should have done this <laughs> it's just... no. well because you do work with like wood yeah yeah you mm-hmm. know so so you know missing a finger and a ba- you know in a bandsaw accident wouldn't be uh you know nope not out of the question for sure yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But you know would would be terribly mean if it wasn't for the fact that the guy's still a crusher, right? Uh, right. You know, he overcame. So,
2: yeah.
0: So now it's one of those things. Like obviously, both sort of mannerism, and look. You've got a got. So now all you have to do is in Kyrgyzstan throw a guy off a cliff after kidnapping you <laughs> and lose a finger, and then make the big comeback, and then you're all set. <laughs> oh, perfect. I'll, yeah. I'll get on that next year.
1: So I want to know when do you back up.
2: When am I back up there? Um, as soon as the snow melts. Uh, personally, I have a uh, little button on my home screen that has the closest uh, like webcam that shows the highway, yeah. the transcontinental highway, the closest one to the nooks. And that's my snow calculator. This tells me when the snow melts and when it's time to go. Nice.
0: So <laughs> that's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. yeah god bless the internet like the fact that it's like i want to see what the snow conditions are you know or whether the the snow is gone Mm -hmm. webcam oh that looks pretty good
1: (laughs) oh i have one more question so you're obviously a big boulder you've been doing this for a while you've traveled um how would you compare uh the nooks to other locations
2: Mm -hmm. right so it's not squamish First off, and I've never tried to make it to be Squamish or the Red or any of these, you know, Waco, Bishop, Uh, I've never tried to make it be that. But I think for sure it's some of the best climbing you can find in Ontario. Even though I haven't done the climbing, I have verified that with the people that have been up there that say this is better. This is better than Cal Boogie. This is better than Niagara it is legit, it is great, and so what I see it as, especially as like the sport and the trad and the multi-pitch grow up there, is it's kind of like a mini Squamish, where it's like, hey, come here, yeah, nice. you don't have, you don't have two weeks to go take a trip to Squamish, but you got a long weekend, or five days, or even a weekend, like shoot up to the nooks, because it's going to be the best place that you can go within driving distance. At least for, like, the Toronto people, if if that's who we're talking about.
0: Yeah, because if you're really talking basically everybody between, you know, Detroit and Toronto, you're talking, you know, and obviously Grand Rapids, you know, over your way too. But you're talking millions of people. Yeah. uh, Because obviously Toronto is like five million. Um, I don't know how big Detroit is anymore, but I don't. Um, I don't either. You know, uh, but it's a fair-sized city. Yeah. Um, But then you run into the thing where it's like everything in between, right? Like our area's like half a million. Hamilton's not far from us, which is another half million. You know, and there's a lot of climbers there. Yeah. Well, we all we've got in our area. We got two climbing gyms.
1: Are there like ten thousand members on the OAC? Yeah. Yeah. On the OAC.
0: Like the Ontario Alliance of Climbers. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. climbers
1: that are members, but um, you know, that's that's a big number in just a small area.
2: That is, that's yeah. huge. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
2: I I mean, I hope it gets out to. I mean, at least some of those climbers. <laughs> you know, maybe they're inspired by this. Maybe they're inspired by the film, and they take the chance to go up and check it out. Because I'm not lying. It is the best climbing you'll find in Ontario at least that place, along with a place uh, an hour, two hours away, Waco, is also being developed. It's a different bouldering area uh, developed yeah. by somebody else, uh, and yeah. both of those areas are, they're just yeah. phenomenal. Nice. No, that's really cool, yeah. like, and I think, we
1: should go check it out. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah. so we well, the, the crazy part is, is that, like, man, say you, say you don't want to camp outside. Say, say you don't want to yeah. do that. Well, I mean, you could stay in Elliott Lake. It's only a 30-minute drive to, to the boulders. Like, that's not that crazy. Like, if you go to the red yeah. and, and you climb down in the red and you camp, you still have at least a 20-minute drive to the, the area. I mean, I mean, it could be five minutes, I guess. Yeah. But, it, you know, people drive a lot further than that to go climbing for the day. It's not crazy. Oh, so it's sure. very accessible, even for the people that don't want to camp. Just stay in the city so
1: yeah
0: yeah i think it it is it's one of those kind of cool things though where um it opens your eyes to think about what other potential there is that just hasn't been developed yet too oh it's crazy you know because it's sort of one of those things you just sort of discovered something and because you discovered you went hey look you know you sort of hiked into the woods and you found some stuff and it's like you put your flag down and went, okay, we'll start working here. Yeah. But then it's all those no. deals. Of yeah. Playing. What else is there? Well, you yeah. The, no, or the gold mine, the
2: 150 problems we've developed, 400 plus to go or whatever. Like that could be all, like somebody could find something way better like five minutes down the road. You yeah. know, it's just I mean, that there, you, you can't find the boulders. It's, you have to go walk to go yeah. find them. You, know? you just
0: he's got to bushwhack into the yeah leave the road
1: I loved what you said when you wrote to me and you said uh I just turned around I'm like I just want to find
0: <laughs> yeah
1: <this old> <laughs> and there it was and I think Gus said exa- the exact same thing I remember when we were talking to him he was saying like I just want to find let's go here mm-hmm. and then there yes. it was right
2: Yeah, you know. we got so lucky I mean so lucky we were climbing on like 10 boulders like that first zone the two minute walk from the car just like 10 boulders there ish and you know we were having fun we were doing our thing and we were like well you know let's go walk this way see what's up and we walked that way and you know we found some stuff it wasn't that great and on the way back I just I turned to my buddy and I was like I just wish we could find the gold mine of rock climbing and we walked back to the 10 boulders. We were kind of a little disappointed that we didn't find much else, so we were like, "Well, maybe we should hike that way."
1: Yeah, cuz I got to go take so. a pee. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, "Oh my god." So
2: we we walked that way for literally like 2 minutes and we ran straight into just boulder after boulder after boulder. Like they are not spaced out. They are the whole boulder fields within a five minute walk five seven ten I don't know it's really close together and then just they're right next to each other you have to walk underneath boulders to get around other boulders it's just it's crazy so
1: very cool and we
2: missed it we could have missed that we could have just hung out at those 10 boulders and walked out and been like well that was fun Mm -hmm. and had no
0: idea that that was right there so Well, I think that's the thing uh, for listeners as well. Like, uh, you know, you never know what you can find until you explore.
1: Yeah.
0: Right? Because I think so many people are, whether it's climbing, you're going to places that people have developed already. Um, You know, if it's hiking, you're going to establish trails already. But especially with something like Crown Land, um, it's open to play with. Mm, very Um, and you know so for people you know leave no trace obviously with certain exceptions because obviously uh uh you got to clean boulders and you know clean roads and that kind of thing but you know take out your garbage bury your poop you know the Mm -hmm. the stuff to make it sort of habitable for other people Mm -hmm. um but there's this sort of like uh almost unlimited potential once people start digging a little bit Mm -hmm. you know um because you run into the thing like there's so many areas that Mm -hmm. probably never even get sort of discovered because it's a little too far Mm -hmm. you know somebody hiked for half an hour and didn't find anything where if they'd hiked for 45 minutes in the same direction they would have found you know a canyon that would be oh this would be perfect right
1: you're an explorer
2: yeah
0: exactly i've struck out a lot and i've i've had
2: fun doing it you know or i've found sport climbs, you know sport cliffs but no boulders beneath them it's like well that's a sweet cliff but i have no interest in doing that but yeah i've struck out a lot just walking through the woods thinking you know doing my research like okay this is going to be the most likely spot i'm going to find the next group of boulders and it's it's just a dead dead end don't find anything or you might find a couple but not worth it mm-hmm. so but I always have fun doing it just hiking out there um Mm-mm. seeing the views hiking to the top of the cliffs stuff like that so no that's awesome
1: yeah so you sure you don't have like a gofundme page or anything like that or <laughs>
2: <laughs> well it's actually really cheap to do besides gas money all you need is a wire brush
0: yeah uh... <laughs> You know, but that actually is something you maybe you think about for the I, guidebook. <laughs> like already pre selling Well,
1: yeah, not only that, but even like, honestly, like if you need more trails or signage or, you know, mm. um, I want to pack my kids in and I like, I'd love, my kids are eight and 10. I'd love to take them on a trip where we spend like a week and we volunteer and do stuff, something outdoors, like build trails yeah. and, you know, um obviously your time is limited so you can't become like a project mm-hmm. manager either. Right. But uh, yeah, if you hear of other groups, cause you said that you mentioned other groups can't go up there and, and um, put up some routes, let us know. And and we'll put them in the show notes if there's stuff going on, you know, that we can, sure. other listeners can support. Yeah, that,
0: yeah. That's one of the, the cool things about, you know, our yeah. audience is that because they're into stuff, even if it's not something where they can specifically they're in a position to be able to go um, you know because the dude from Texas or you know what have you um but we we get a lot <laughs> of people yeah we get a lot of people who uh, they want to sort of participate and further people's uh you know and it, and it is it's such a cool they wanna kind go of on community your adventure. yeah um you know so and that's one of the great things with the internet is that uh whether obviously it's things like gofundme for you know if you can't get sponsors for the the guidebook
2: oh that's what i am now i get
0: it yeah um the guidebook yeah Um, you know mm. it's one of those things where i guarantee you you get a pile of people pre-buying it you know with the gofundme type thing
1: how much are you selling it for do you know yet
2: that's interesting. No, I don't. We gotta compile how many pages uh and and et cetera. I'm like in the middle of finishing it right now. It's like all over the place. It's it's a it's a mess. But we're getting there. I've had a lot of breakdowns and Gus has had it to uh talk me down from the ledge. But
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, it's so, you know. It. You can't have a better mentor when it no. comes to creating guides. No, <laughs> no, I, I got the one he's, he's been a, in a, you know,
2: I, I guess this is a good segue just for me. I need to do this before we're done. So um, I have a lot of people to thank for this whole project. Like, it's not just me. I'm just kind of the guy that's like brute forcing this thing into existence with the guidebook, with mountain project, like all of my hour, like countless hours I've spent trying to get the information out there to other people to just come enjoy the area with me. And so the people I I need to thank is like, one, Gus, we'll just start there. Like, it's been an amazing mentor on how to develop a climbing area correctly, how to build a guidebook and just, he's been a great friend in doing all of these things. I've only met the guy once. And whenever we talk on the phone, which is maybe every other week, every month, whatever, we we talked for hours, so he's just an amazing guy. Um, And secondly, like I didn't do all of this stuff on my own. Like I have to give a big shout out to Charlie Hall and Aaron Bopp, who were the people that came up with me to discover these things. It wasn't me, um, it was us together. Like we did these crazy winter hikes to go find the boulders initially or where they, we thought they would be um, in the middle of winter. And then we just had a ton of type two fun, cleaning boulders, doing trails, blah, blah, blah. In that first 2019 season, like big props to those guys. Um, I'm just kind of the guy that's taken over per se. And then one other shout out is Danny Plonka. I hope I'm saying that right. I've never actually met him, but we've talked online for hours. Um, he took over basically in the 2020 bouldering season when we couldn't go, mm-hmm. when we were stuck here on the American side because of COVID. Um, he took over with his crew of climbers and they, they went up and they continued to like build the trails, like cut down the trees that like fell across the trails, uh, clean boulders and develop climbs and doing it in a way where he had enough information for me where um, I knew what was up, I knew what was he was doing and I kept good records so I could create the guidebook that I'm
0: creating now, so. Nice. That's awesome. Like it it really is one of those things where uh, again, it's that community, right? Where it's, you you might have one person that's like a bit of a driver, but without all the different people that put their time and effort into it, It never really comes to life, right? Because, you know, unless you're Mm -hmm. like, you know, independently wealthy where you don't need to go to your job and you don't have a family, you know, like, you know, because it's the same kind of thing. Like, Gus discovered (coughs) the swamp. Uh, Mm -hmm. And, you know, the years, you know, he discovered the area, but it was like him uh, and his wife. And uh, Nate and like all of the different people, you know, cleaning and developing and bolting and building trails and, you know, just uh, like an army (laughs) to to, to make it come to life, you know? Uh, So yeah, it's such a cool thing because I think there's not a lot of other sports where you get to leave something. You know, um, and that's something that's super cool with First Ascents and developing areas is like, it, 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 it's that kind of thing where you actually get to give back to the community, right? Because yes. it's like, here, here is a thing, please use it. Mm-hmm. Um, and- Exactly. And that's you know. been a huge
2: driving thing uh, very recently. It's been a like a shift. Like I'm only 30. I've only, I have only been climbing for seven or eight years now. Um, but like this weird shift of like, okay, how can I give back and how can I do it in a way where I actually want to do it? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, there's things that like you like and don't like, and I don't want to do the things I don't like. And so I, I like developing. So like, how can I do this in a way to give back the best way I can? And that's just to spread the word as much as I can to get people to create this whole area and to bring people and maybe even create the climbing community back in create a climbing community in elliott lake again mm-hmm. like with a hiking club that's that might be interested in climbing that would be really cool to just see like a new climbing community to spring up because some crazy guy from michigan decides to you know drive six and a half hours into canada to clean some boulders it'd be really cool Thank
1: yeah. you. Well, thank you for, from on on behalf of the listeners. Thank you so much. And this guy deserves a Canadian citizenship.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: at least a bottle of maple syrup. <laughs> Something. <laughs>
1: Something. But.
2: Uh... Oh, thank you. Uh, I appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, this was fun. This was brand new to me, and I I think I did okay. Another
0: first. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know. First yeah. Presents, first podcast. Same thing. Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Cool. Stay in touch, and uh, yeah.
0: So, and everybody, uh, check the show notes for video and Mountain Project links, and Guide- you know Brendan's uh, uh, Instagram and guidebook whenever it comes out.
1: We'll update it.
0: Yeah, uh, you know, because it's one thing to to get people excited about something, but now we want to have places to send them. And then That's it's fun. one of those things where. Go on a map, look up Elliot Lake. Uh, this is just sort of, you know, as a rough idea, and then go up from there.
2: Thirty right. minutes north.
0: Yeah. Yep. Five forty-six right. highway. But thank you guys so much. No problem. Thanks for thanks for being on. Cheers. And remember. Work hard. Play dirty. That's correct. <laughs>